Hello there and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. Today we're going to look at a prophet for today. A prophet for today. We're going to have the main thrust out of this podcast. It will come out of the book of Amos. And if you would like, you could follow along in your Bible, do a little cross-referencing. The book of Amos is really a downer of a book. It's a book where God reveals a message of the northern tribes. They have strayed away from the truth, and they're walking in darkness. In the first two chapters, Amos will talk about the nations around them and the sins of those nations. And sins included immorality and cruelty to slaves. So God will send a man by the name of Amos, and God will send him to the national sanctuary in Bethel. Bethel is the place where Jacob had wrestled with God back in the book of Genesis. The word Bethel means house of God. The house of God was now a place where God was really being mocked. When the nation of Israel divided into a northern and southern tribes after the King Solomon's death, the northern ten tribes, they would begin to worship golden calves. The king who took over uh, Jeroboam, he would forbid it for the people to, to go to Jerusalem to worship out of the north. He was afraid that the people would turn against him and probably not return. So he would set up these golden calves and he told the people, Here are your gods. No longer are you to worship in Jerusalem. God, as you could probably guess, is not really happy over that situation. And so God would call Amos to go into a situation where very few strong men would even care to go. This is a time where society and religion are very corrupt. There are other prophets speaking at this time. uh, Hosea, Isaiah, and Micah. They're also preaching in this time frame approximately uh, 745-750 B.C. King Jeroboam was the king of the north when Amos would begin his mission. The king of Assyria would come and take away the northern tribes as he was preparing for war against the ten tribes. The economy at this time is, is very strong, and those rich people, uh, history tells us they had ivory sofas, and stirring music was part of the day. But on the other hand, The extreme poor and the slaves could not even afford basic needs such as food and clothing. There was no middle class to speak of. The merchant class, however, they're the ones making all the money. And many people, they were selling their country homes and their land to move into the city. In the elite, they bought up most of the land, and this would put a larger gap between the rich and the poor. The government and the courts are both dishonest as well. And as you read the book, you, you get a sense of the common person uh, had hope that things would really improve somewhere along the way. You know, I, I think if we wanted to make a, a comparison to us here today, who been in, uh, around in just a little while, in 2008, with an election of a new president, he kept shouting for change, and that's what the people wanted, and and they voted him in. You see, people, they were tired of the unstable economy and 
they passed the blame on to the government. The people in the days of Amos were outwardly religious. They attended to the feast and the celebrations of their false gods. And in addition to this, uh, they proclaimed to be God's people. God had brought them out of the land of Egypt and had gave them the land in which they now lived. And in their minds, this gave them the right to live however they wanted and do whatever they wanted. And that's exactly what they did. They lived however they wanted and they took advantage of the poor. Those few people who remained faithful to God were hated and looked down on. And sadly, the very people who claimed to be God's people, they had completely forgotten really who God was. Hosea, one of the prophets again in this time frame, in chapter 4, verse 6, says this, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being my priest. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. So God will tell Amos that he's about uh, to send a famine into the land, and no, not one of food, but rather the one of lack of knowledge. You see, these people, they have the scriptures, and they claimed that they read them and knew them, but they have all forsaken God's laws. In Amos chapter 8, verse 11, here, uh, again, we, Behold, are the days coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, and not a phantom for bread or thirst for water, but rather the hearing of the words of the Lord. You know, I kind of wonder, even today, we have people I've heard over and over again trying to find a, a good, stable congregation that's teaching the whole word of God, uh, not being politically correct, and not putting on dog and pony shows. But you know, I've also had personal experience with the Lord's Church and, and many people were taught and believed that there was really no need to study the Old Testament because the plan of salvation was in the New Testament and therefore the Old Testament was not important. You know, I actually tried uh, trying out in a congregation, had an opening for pulpit work there and, and I was told very, very clearly if I was to preach there, I would only use the New Testament. And I asked the leadership, well, okay, but what does Jesus mean when he said, remember Lot's wife? And their response was, well, we, we don't know. And, and listeners, I'm telling you, these people did not lie to me. They really did not know because they have really had never studied the Old Testament. I asked several other questions, and if I recall, one of them was, how do you know Jesus really is the Messiah? How do you know there even was to be a Messiah? And really, they had no real answers. They just kind of had that deer in headlight look. Folks, there's just really truly no way to know God without studying the Old Testament. And as you look at the prophets, you can, you can see part of God who really wants all people to come to repentance. A God who wants to show mercy and forgiveness to all people who turn to him. 
this coin term well there's a god of the old and there's a god of the new testaments and i see that as a very false description of the god that i know and study he's the same god no matter what time period a person lives in when i hear people say well he wasn't really merciful in the old testament and my response is you've never studied the old testament you see god shows his love and and yes his justice to the people and when they turn away from him there's there's severe consequences and they're taken into captivity their temples are destroyed and king david who really should have been put to death for his sin of of a affair with Bathsheba sleeping with a man a woman that uh, who's married to another man but yet God allows him to live because David immediately acknowledges his sin when confronted and asks for forgiveness and God does provide forgiveness you see Amos was not trained in any formal schooling he didn't have a big college degree with a bunch of initials behind his name he is from the tribe of Judah. Amos chapter 7 verses 10 through 15 says, Then the priests of Bethel sent word to Jeroboam the king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is unable to endure all his words. For thus Amos said, Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will certainly from its own land will be into exile and then he said to amos you go you see her flee away from the land of judah there eat bread and do your prophesying but no longer prophesy at bethel for it is a sanctuary of the king and a royal residence then amos responded i am not a prophet nor i am a son of a prophet but rather I'm a herdsman, a grower of a sycamore pigs. But the Lord, he took me from following my flock. And, and the Lord said to me, go and prophesy to my people Israel. You see, Amos, he was just a farmer or a rancher, we might call him uh, in this time frame in our society today. And showing us no matter what your background may be, we can all preach and teach the message of God. You see, God has commanded all of us in his church to go and preach and teach the good news and, and teach people to repent. And Amos was told by God to take his message and deliver it. And so Amos did. He went. If you notice here, Amos in verse 13, he, he's not really very popular here. He's told to leave Bethel and and take his message somewhere else. See, people do not always want to hear the message of God. Today, in, in the Lord's church, I wonder sometimes, how do we really respond to a message from God? Some people get a little nervous if the, if the sermon goes past 20 minutes. Others get upset over the topic because it's in conflict with what the media is teaching them or what their school system is teaching them and it's in conflict on and how they should act and think but yet there's still others who do hear the message and they're glad to hear it the king uh, 
he has a false teacher around and he doesn't really like the, the truth being taught within the ear of the king and so many words this false teacher he he tells Amos we don't want uh, pay preachers such as you around here in this town however the Lord had touched the heart of Amos and Amos could not hold back I wonder how many Christians today hold back when they really know the truth of what the, the gospel message is they hold back from the truth of what is taught in the epistles and they're afraid that they're going to upset somebody they're afraid they might lose a friend they're afraid maybe even they might lose their job and those are very real understandable fears but a man or a woman of God needs to let God take control of the situation and let God protect you because he will Amos chapter 3 verse 8 says a lion has roared who will not fear the Lord of God has spoken who but can prophesy you see God sent Amos to the north to, to really preach a very bold and strong message and probably wasn't politically correct either and sadly Amos went and was sent to a group of people who felt they really did not need to listen to a preacher or they believed that they were all saved and they really didn't need to be in church and worship and, and be around other people they would say well I've heard it said I've already done did that did what is always my question to that in response and God saved was the person that uh, one time he replied well, I've been saved well saved from what and he really could not answer at all he just knew that he was saved and folks Jesus is not a flu shot he's not the cherry on top of your ice cream he's not an accessory that you can just add to your new car and as you really study Amos you will, will gain the appreciation for his boldness to teach and preach the Word of God to stand up to people who take pleasure in themselves in the evil that they do in the lifestyles they're bathing in we who proclaim with our lips to be followers of Christ and yet we don't say anything of the evil and the sinful lifestyles and lies that we see that are very open in front of our eyes we just accept it we watch television shows that it just smothers you with things that you know God would never accept or put his thumb of approval on and yet people watch that and they claim to be Christian I really struggle with a lot of that myself my TV is probably off 99% of the time when I'm around I might turn it on to well just listen to the weather because I sure can't trust the news anymore today the only news I know that I can trust is the good news the gospel a true man of God or a true woman of God would speak against such things and lifestyles a husband he would lead his family away from the pitfall of those lifestyles 
His actions would speak as loud as the Lord did in his own words. And we would have the same compassion for God that Amos did in the desire to serve him. What made Amos the way he was? Well, first of all, Amos really knew God. Amos knew the word of God. And he was not afraid to speak the message. He knew that God had commissioned him and he had no choice but to see that charge fulfilled. How different is this for you and me today under the great commission that Christ has charged all of us with? I say there is no difference. And let's try to make some applications for us here today. And the first point is the Lord's church must speak the word of God. We must speak it faithfully, just as Amos did. And despite the circumstances that surround us, just as Amos knew God, we must also know God. If we're going to be a church that God wants us to be, then we must be a church that speaks the word of God faithfully and truthfully and have a very personal relationship with Christ. Amos 3, 7 says, Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to the servants, the prophets. See, God does nothing without revealing his intentions, even for us, even today. He has done this through the written word in which we call the Bible. And this is why it's so important, folks, to, to read and study his word daily. And the second point here is, the Lord's church must be certain of its call. We cannot take anything for God with a, a timid approach. We must be certain of who we are. We must be certain of our mission. And who sent us that on that mission and what's the mission for? You know, Amos understood that the message was from God. And that there was a message to be delivered. And because of this, he could speak it boldly, just as the apostles spoke it here in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to heed to you rather than God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. You know, here they are. They're in the temple. And they've been given this great commission. And they're busy teaching and preaching this great commission. They're calling people to Christ and turn from their sin and, and recognize Him as the Messiah and the only and one true God. And they're catching some flack for that. And that was their response. To the Jewish leaders. If you notice again here. I think this is a very bold statement. And they keep on preaching the word of God. Listeners we, we must be willing to stand boldly against false teaching of the world. And there's plenty of it to go around. We must be able to stand boldly in the truth. And be prepared at all times to deliver the message of Christ's love 
forgiveness, and the gospel story that would be the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and that blood that was shed for the forgiveness of all sins. There are some people who would say, well, you need to soften your approach to baptism. They will say, well, it really doesn't matter as long as you give your heart to God. After all, we're all trying to go to the same place. We're just taking different paths to get there. But I'm going to tell you, there's really only one path. And that path is Jesus Christ. If the Lord's church, we need to speak the word of God with humility. We should never be prideful of who we are or whose we are. But we really just need to deliver the message just as Amos did. Back in chapter 7, verse 14, Amos would show his humility by saying, Well, you know, I'm just a simple shepherd. Just as an everyday person trying to make a living. Just trying to get from one day to the next. The third and final point is, The Lord's church needs to be loyal to its mission. Just like Amos was. God chose us and it requires us to be submissive to Him and His law and His words. And Amos said, when God spoke and was told what to say, He went and He delivered the message. And we too, we must obey and follow through with the command that Christ has given to His church. Matthew 28 18 through 20. Probably the most famous thing that Jesus would say before he actually uh, ascends back into heaven. And Jesus came up and, and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always until the end of age. You see, the church's responsibility, our duty, is to proclaim the good news. I certainly hope that some of you who are listening uh, could become more bolder in the truth and try to teach the Word of God with compassion and, and love. You know, I've learned over the years that you can hit somebody over the head and you can force things down their throat, but all they'll do is respond just to get you away from them. And then you'll wonder why they were not in church or why are they still living the lifestyle that they're living in. And that's because you did not allow the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God to penetrate that heart and do the conversion. I've heard people say and preach that how many people they have saved. Folks, nobody can save a sinner except Christ. One lawbreaker cannot excuse another lawbreaker. Well, I certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast about Amos. 
encourage you to go and read the book through. Maybe this will help you study the book a little bit closer. We appreciate all your listeners, and we've had some folks who have helped and sent some financial support, and we are grateful for that, and we thank God for the for those gifts. We pray each and every day that the podcast that we are trying to get together each week will be informative and encouraging to you and our listeners as we continue to grow our listening base. And we pray every day for the persecuted church around the world. Thank you for listening, and if you'd like to know more about us and who we are, you can go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, and there you'll find information about us and our statement of faith and how to support us. Uh, We appreciate the prayers, and we hope and pray each week that this podcast is encouraging to you. May God bless you. Mm -hmm.